0: Hey, Giant fans, welcome to the Giant Insider podcast. My name's Jerry Foley. I'm the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And with me, as always, is the beat writer, the heart of Giants Nation. Nobody beats the biz. Chris Ignano, And we are ecstatic to have back on our program. the great. And I will say great. I'm not using it lightly. <laughs> Dave Siverson, who's been contributing to the Giant Insider for a few years now. Thankfully, they decided to use all of his info in this issue, which I didn't notice till I got it. Till I got the write up, and I was like, "Oh, they used Dave this time." The entire write up. So, Dave,
1: welcome back, buddy. Fellas, how we doing? Good, man. Here we are, here we are yet again after another trip around the sun talking about the NFL draft. Isn't
2: that an amazing! <laughs> not amazing, Dave. It's another year.
1: It's amazing how fast and how slow it goes at the same time, especially when you have a two-year-old. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs>
2: it's it's nice. incredible because we're exactly one month away from the draft. Yeah.
1: It is. I know it's crazy. This is like a fun time of year because you start to see the fruits of your labor just because there's so much that goes into it. You know, you start this process of data collection in June and here we are, you know, I'm looking at notes that I wrote down on guys in June and July and it's helping me, you know, create the final reports and everything. And you know, there's, there's no way around this. Just a couple of scouting mentors that I have, they said, there's no way around the work. You know, you can't shortchange it and everyone knows if you do. And it's, uh, But it's a really cool thing to be a month out and it's pretty much done, you know, the grading process and you put all your stuff out there and, you know, sit back and enjoy the party.
2: Dave, you know, look, this is what you do. You do it year round and all that. Um, As far as, you know, obviously, you know, I cover the team on a daily, the Giants on a daily basis. So then, when free agency madness hits, you know I'm into that, and then right after that, you know, which you know it slows down after the fourth or fifth day, you get some names trickling, of course, but you know the big wave is those first three to five days, six days, and right. then I start really diving into this, and um, I- I've been diving into these kids a lot the last week, Dave, and uh, you know what? Let's we'll get into the because this is what yeah. a lot of Giants fans feel. It's what I feel. I'm not saying it's definite, but the wide receiver position is something that. Joe Sheen probably will explore at twenty five. He might even move up for a kid they really like, but it's somebody, you know, he wants to add an outside. He wants to add oh, he wants to add a receiver. Another one for Daniel. He's been plugging in, you know, the Jameson Crowders, you know, just in case guys don't come back. You know, you got Sheps coming back from Andrew. Wandell won't be back. Unless he makes a pretty miraculous cover. He probably won't be back until October at least. So you see what Joe's doing. He's plugging in these veterans and um uh, and I know there's going to be a lot of competition. So, but wide receiver is a spot, Dave. Um, I feel they're going to heavily explore at twenty-five. Probably will go there. Um, let's get into it, Dave. Um, I have it broken down to top four. You you could expand okay. it, uh, and then we could talk about each one. Uh, Quentin Johnson, uh, the kid from Ohio State, Smith Najib. How do you say that, Dave? Do you know how to say that?
1: Nick Jigba. It's basically just like a soft okay. end, and say Jigba. Okay,
2: Smith Jigba. <laughs> Yeah, who, Nick uh, people are yep. forgetting the season you had a couple years ago, but we'll get into that in a few. Uh Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. I guess you could put Jalen maybe four A, but those are my four. Let's get into each one, Dave. You could tell me your four. Um my guy there's a few, but the guy that really intrigues me because of his size, is yak, he's a real ex, and that's mm-hmm. Quentin Johnson. Tell me what you see in him, Dave. Um tell me if you feel if he's there at 25, the Giants should or should pass on him or whatever it is. Get get into it, buddy.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you remember the movie Avatar that came <laughs> yes. out a few years ago? Um, I wasn't a huge fan of him, but I remember when I, I wasn't a huge fan of the movie. But, you know, I just remember the freakish figures that those guys were. And that, that's what Quentin Johnson, he looks like right. and he moves like. You know, you, you'll see a guy that's 6'4", 208. You immediately go down the path of, oh, he's probably a possession receiver. You know, he can't get in and out of breaks. He's not that fast. Um but this kid, he looks like a track athlete with how high his knees get off the ground, the high step um, motion that he gets once he gets his uh, open up his stride downfield. But then you see him go and attack the ball too. I mean, this kid jumps out of the building. I mean, when you're talking about just pure leaping ability, right? There's more to the receiver position than that. But just talk about the skill set. There isn't anyone that jumps with him. Um, I, if I remember off the top of my head, I believe he jumped 40 yeah. plus in the vertical and 11 yeah, plus did. in the broad jump at 6'4" to 8". Now, if he was if he was 180 pounds, you'd be like, okay, I get it. This kid's 208. And like you said, I think the most overlooked trait in his game, which is going to be a huge deal at the next level, is the oh. yard after catch. Um, this kid's a tight end with the ball. Um, you cannot you – can, you, will, you will not get him to the ground with cheap tackle attempts, which is a growing trend we see in the NFL right now. D-backs, they just don't like to tackle. And – a kid like this with the mindset that he has, how hard he plays, how physical he is, how hungry he is for yards after the catch. Um, I mean, he was a weapon in their screen game because for that reason. Uh, so I, I think that he brings a rare blend of traits to the table. What I don't like about him, and he's my wide receiver too, behind the kid from Ohio State. Um, so I obviously like him just like you, but if, if I wouldn't take him over Smith and Jig. but we'll get in, into him a little bit later, I'm yeah. assuming. But – He's not a pure natural receiver yet, and that's okay. Things can be developed. I think no matter who drafts him, needs to go into the process saying, we are going to spend time trying to develop him. He's not our wide receiver one on week one. He's not our wide receiver two week one. He's a guy that will get 20 to 25 snaps a game um, in certain situations, and you try to ease him into the process. Um, I do like the attention to detail he shows as a route runner. I think the desire and mental acuity is there, but – when you talk him, when you watch him catch the football, it's not natural. His twelve percent catch uh, drop rate this past season—that's twice as high as you want. And you know that—that's the one thing that has separated me from wanting Darius Slayton to, to pursue the future here. And I think the Giants kind of had to bring him back. Don't think it was a bad move or signing, but that's what separated Darius Slayton from hitting his potential that we saw his rookie year was the ball skills never fully developed, and that's the risk you're going to get with Johnston,
2: Dave. A lot of what Dable and Kafka like to do is those little hits, you know, get the ball out of Daniel's hands. Yeah. And this is what really caught my eye with Quentin Johnson because i watched like five TCU games in the last week, not the full, but a lot of it. And he's a yep. big catch and release receiver, Dave. Um, give mm-hmm. him those little bubbles, give him those little, those little drags. He caught a lot of little underneath routes with TCU, Dave. You tell me if I'm wrong, buddy. You You're better, you're better at nope. this than me, buddy. But this is what I saw. Um, a lot of those drag routes, a lot of those underneath where he is he is deadly in those little catch and release routes, bro, and those little drags. Yeah. He gets the ball for a big kid with those yak yardage. I was so impressed, bro, um, watching that. Mm. And that's a lot what Dable likes to do in Kafka, you know. Um, and then you look at him in contested catches, like you said, you see him going up and getting the ball. Uh, now, there's a few things that... And like Dave, you're like a scout, and of course you got to come up with the negatives too, right? Um, Look, some of the drops—was it a concern for me? Some of the easy drops? Yeah, it was. I have to be honest with you. There's a few like he'll make a contested catch, and then he'll drop an easy one. (laughs) Now, is that concentration level possibly, possibly? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, which I, I hope, I think, I fully expect to improve at the next level, but. Looking mm-hmm. at that big kid, Dave, contested catches, red zone target, and I tell you, dude, those little underneath routes, you could do so much with this big guy. That's what I really liked about him, bud.
1: Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. I think the one thing you touched on is, is something that the decision makers in the league are going to have to weigh, including the Giants, because I do think he's going to, he will be within striking distance. He's not going to be a top ten pick. I doubt he will be a top fifteen pick. If they want him they might need to make a little move for him, but it is possible. he makes his way down to twenty five that's the thing about this receiver group in general it's you know you it's just one through four. It's not one, two three four it it's gonna be all over the map in terms of where guys are stacked. but the what the decision makers are gonna to have to decide on are you okay with the wide spectrum, especially early in the career? He's going to win new games and then he's going to. Darius Slayton, you and drop a big pass in the middle of the fourth quarter when you're trying to make a comeback. That's going to happen early in his career. I think you need to anticipate that. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with spending your first round pick on that um, because of the upside? I mean, 33 inch arms. You're talking about a radius that very few receivers yeah. in the league have, and almost it's, none of them can jump and run like he does. Off the charts, so
2: off the charts, bro.
1: Yeah. So you know, one thing I think impeded him a little bit was the TCU scheme. You know, the Big Twelve spread attack. There's just a lot in there that you're not going to see in the NFL. So you can take that as a positive or negative. Again, either the holder. Do you see that as something that oh, we're getting some untapped potential? Because I'll tell you what, early in the process in the fall, when I started to really see some of the positives, I said this kid's going top five. He like that, he was, had that, that yeah. kind of <laughs> that kind of juice. So you know that that's where you know and then you have to do the deeper dive like you did you watch a lot of football on him and that that's important you have to watch the tape on these guys and and then you start to see those negatives you know appear and then reappear and then reappear you know the body catching right letting the ball into his chest not using the length that he has not using the big hands it's letting the ball into his body and hey there's some successful receivers in the NFL that still do that um, that's not it's not a push him to the side. He can't do it. Um, the the question will just be, what are you looking to get now? Look at the receiver room. The Giants have right now. This kid makes the most sense. Right. Your receiver room. You want it to look like a, a basketball starting lineup. Right. You want your big boys with length and speed. You want your power forward that can body guys. You want your do it Um and then you want your point guards, the shifty guys. And they have a lot of shifty guys. And I'm not really going to include Jamison Crowder yet because I think he's an insurance policy. Yeah. I don't think he's a shoe in to even make the roster just based on looking at his contract. But um, but he, here's the thing that I just – I don't know yet about Isaiah Hodgins. I loved him. He deserves the shot. But they need someone with size. And Darren Waller will somewhat solve that issue. But they need a guy on the outside that has size. Here's the last negative I'll talk about Johnston, and it's not a negative against him as a player. It's a negative when you talk about the fit with the Giants. The Giants have talked about this multiple times, and the proof is in Buffalo they did this. They want receivers that can play the slot and on the outside. Okay? Uh, The number I have on Johnston, I just confirmed it before I came on, Um, 90% of his snaps were outside. Only 10% came from the slot. I don't think that pushes him to the side. I just think it's something you have to think about in terms of what who the Giants might pursue. But then also this is a this is bizarre to me. You don't see this often. Um pretty much all of his snaps in 2022 came on the left side and then almost all of them. And in 2021, almost all of his snaps came on the right side. Now, that's scheme. That's not Johnson's fault. I'm not going to question I'm not going to question his intelligence. Like that's That would be foolish of me to do. I've never had a conversation with a kid in, in my life. That's where the meetings are really yeah. important and all the scouting background work. But if this is an issue for him to flip left to right, week to week, game to game, snap to snap, drive to drive, and then you can't play the slot, it's. I think that's something that might push the Giants into, in, into another direction.
0: So so when you say another direction, do you mean another direction at the receiver position or guard slash center? Um, and the reason I ask, like, a guy like Zay Flowers, a, a guy that, you know, we've all been looking at, and, and real quick, Dave, once I saw your write-ups, this was like me presenting in school to a teacher who didn't know what he was talking about. When I saw your name there, I was like, oh, shit, I got to get my shit together. Like, I, I need to know what I'm talking about. So with Zay Flowers being able to kind of you know, like you said, versatility being the key, right? Inside, yeah. outside. Do you think they prefer someone like him or would they look at another, another position based on your on what you could guess?
1: So if you're talking about that kind of the metric, the, the inside, outside, the versatility, line them up in the backfield, I think Zay Flowers is their guy. The question with Zay Flowers is pretty obvious. Do they want another Wandale Robinson type size player on the team? And from my perspective, the one that's not calling the shots, and the one that my paycheck does not revolve around what the Giants do success-wise, I think he is the best fit for that part of the equation for the versatility part of the equation. And I'll get into Smith and the jig, but he's on the other side of the spectrum. He's a slot only. Um, but flowers, I mean, this kid was 30%, 33% slot, 66% wide. He screams Tyler Lockett to me, just the movement traits, the ability to beat you deep, the ability to beat you after the catch. But again, I think you're putting Daniel Jones in a bad spot. If you put out there Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, and Zay Flowers on on the field at the same time, you know, it, it just, it's a very small margin for error. But we know schematically, we trust Kafka and Dable to work around things and work into the strength of the team. I think Giants fans, maybe you guys included, are a little um, burnt still by the previous coaching regimes hmm. prior to Dable that they just did not do a good job of adjusting to the personnel they had. I've, I'm fully confident in this coaching staff. I don't know if you guys are I'm, – I'm, they will they will make so if you put an athlete a playmaker like Flowers on the field the size is an issue they'll hide it you know they have Waller they have Hodgins. like let's not forget about that that if you really want to make this offense dangerous they want to make this offense faster more explosive right that that's probably the number 1 goal in their meetings is we need more big plays we need more explosive plays Flowers is the guy because he can do it from any and all angles
2: i think joe shane kind of gave that away at the combine when somebody asked him about a Zay Flowers and a smaller type of kid again. And Joe came right out and said, we're not worried about that. We worry about guys who separate. And then Dable will yep. get them the ball. Yep. So I yep. think, you know, and that's, that's, getting to know I... Shane, Dave, the last few years, he's remarkably pretty honest with us. In the me- Now, of course, okay. not, I'm sure, not all the time, but he, when he comes out, I, getting to know him, like he he comes out and says things. You could just say he ain't bullshitting this year. He means it. You know, and he's, and he okay. said some I things like in that. the past where he meant it. And, you know, um, yeah. and that was the first thing that came out of his mouth when he asked about Zay was, you know, somebody asked him, I forgot who it was. Somebody asked him about his size and Joe says, Hey, if they could separate, they could fit in our offense, you know? So keep mm-hmm. that in mind yep. too, when it comes to Zay flowers, yep. as far I know, like, like yeah. oh, we got so many small guys, you know, but there's like, like you said, Dave, they, you have faith in these guys, Dable Kafka. They use their personnel the right way. So he lines up 33% of the time on the outside in Boston College. Okay, so he's going to line up on the outside and plays here. If, I'm just saying if he's a giant. He'll line up on the outside and plays here. Right? right? And then you have your yep. soccer. you yep. got Isaiah uh, yeah. that's... On, uh, maybe on the X. you got Slayton on the X a lot. you got you got Isaiah on the Y. You yep. got, they'll, they'll scheme it up. Well, I don't think they're concerned about yep. that size. Uh, that's the philosophy yeah. that I see from these guys. Dave is like, okay, we might have a bunch of five eleven, five nine, five. We got a big kid now at tight end and Walla, am uh, but we're going to scheme these guys up. We're not worried about that crap.
1: I I agree with you. If you're going to make me say, all right, who who do you think Giants are going in round <laughs> we'll one at later. wide receiver? It, it, if they go receiver, I'm think it's it'll probably be Flowers. You know, I I think it's um if I mean we can get into Smith and Jigba. I mean he. He's the, water, he's the wide receiver one in this class on my board. I think that's where he's going to – if there is a predominant receiver in this class, it's going to be atop the team's boards. Like I said, it will be all over the place. I think you'll see him number one most common. And he was 90-plus percent slot receiver. And I really, I really think that in 2022, they, the plan for him was to play more hybrid role. But yeah. the injury popped up, and Pretty we sure. just barely saw him on the field. And, you know, there are exceptions to every rule. And it, some teams, some football minds out there that I respect a lot say you never draft a slot or, or, uh, slot only early. And it's debatable whether Smith and can play the outside. And it's not just the long speed. That's a part of it. But it's also, he's not a very big guy. He's got a squatty frame. He's six foot, yes, but he's got very short arms. He's a squatty body type. Those guys are usually best reserved for inside. But if you look at the way he moves, the way he separates underneath, there is not a better separator in this class than him when you're talking about getting open from the slot on third and five i mean this kid is julian edelman um but a better, but a better athlete. athlete and i and, and and better hands i mean just a better version of julian edelman across the board now does he get paired with tom brady <laughs> in, in a bill Belichick in the You know, in New England, I mean, that's part of what made Edelman, you know, such a folk hero up there is the situation he was put into. And, you know, I am a little worried about Smith and Jacob not getting into the right system. But if he does and the giant system would be the right one for him, um, he'll he'll excel. But the problem here is, can he play outside often enough and well enough that, you know, you can put Wandale in the slot sometimes? You could use Darren Waller as an oversized slot sometimes. That's where the question I have with Smith and Jacob lies is, Can he play outside often enough to warrant a first round pick if he's there?
0: All right, Dave, um, we're 18 minutes in. I'm hoping you have six more hours to discuss the rest of the uh, the positions. (laughs) I I mean, this is fascinating stuff, dude, really. I love it. Uh, Guys, we're going to take a break. Be right back after this. You're listening to the Giant Insider Podcast with special guest Dave Seiferson. Hang on one second. And we're back. Folks, listen to the Giant Insider Podcast with Chris. Nobody beats the biz. Biz Ignano. Jerry Foley and Dave Syverson from Our Lads. Um, all right, let's. I'm going to jump off receiver. Well, if that's okay, Chris, are you going to get another receiver um, question? Give us a little bit go of a
2: sleeper in this group that at 25 the Giants might go with. Where you thought, wow, I'm a little, I'm just a little bit surprised they went with him at 25.
1: So, are no, you no on, I'm sorry. Why receivers are just the receiver? receivers?
2: So like say say Johnson, so Smith, if, and Flowers are off the board. Give us a next guy up. Put it that way. Who who would you be your next guy up?
1: A name that no one else is gonna talk about. I'll give you one of those. I mean, I have Jalen Hyatt above him, um, but I'm not sure he's he's a he's a swing for the fence, you know, he he's a he's gonna be a home run or a strikeout. I'm not sure they're gonna do that at twenty-five. Marvin Mims from Oklahoma played in multiple schemes, played inside, outside. Uh, I think he ran sub four four at the combine. And in September, my game knows I have Stefan Diggs yeah. written underneath him. Just knowing where Dable and Shane are coming from. Uh I don't have a right. first round grade on him but if you're asking for a surprise which we Absolutely. see them every year especially on the yeah. back half of the first round that that back quarter of the first round you see surprises every year that's a name to keep right. an eye on Marvin Mims. I
2: I gather that's Denzel's brother Dave
1: Yeah I figure that Yeah um oh oh yeah. uh, Denzel Mims from the Jets They both look I actually Oklahoma don't know man. I would imagine I just,
2: Well maybe not but I I, I just figured they were, that was his brother the Oklahoma kids
1: I think that Denzel, Denzel i a sorry, Baylor Denzel to Baylor and, and, You're right you right you're right, you're right. My mistake. In my notes, I don't okay. have no that I, brothers. Just, I, I usually pick one. up on that stuff early on. Um,
2: one little kid, Dave, and we'll go to the next position um, that I kind of liked. I gotta be honest with you, dude. Tell me what you think of this guy because he's a punt returner too. Josh Downs from NC. Mm.
1: I mean, I have. Uh, let's see, I have. I am trying to get better about the uh, actual comparisons for the people that are reading. I'm not a huge comparison guy because again, NFL status is about where you get drafted into the system you're in. But just in terms of measurables and skill set, he is very similar to Um, uh, Just a really small frame, but thick and powerful, stronger than you think. And that shows up as a route runner, but it also shows up with the ball in his hands. Um, he's the number two slot only in the class. So if you if you're a slot, if you're a team looking for a slot and you can't get Smith Najigba, he's the guy that's going to come into the league and, and get you eighty to ninety catches a year, no doubt about it. Um, some questions in contested situations because of the frame, but I also think he loses some concentration and uh, just doesn't right. play heavy against contact, right. if that makes sense. So he needs space. He needs that slot only role to right. succeed at the next level. But if he's put into the right system, he'll, he'll Nice a round pick, pick Dave. Excellent. That's I got him. Pick. I got him like a nice good second there.
2: round pick. Two things that caught my eye yep. about him, Dave, is that he had 19 touchdowns in two years. The kid's a red zone threat, yep. And I like the way he ran routes, mm-hmm. Steve. I, I love the way I love this yep. route running. But all right, Jerry K. Let's move on to the next position.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, so, so guard center, right? We'll, we'll go there because uh, you know there, there's really no true center anymore on, on this roster. Yep. Is that so? I guess two things. First, um, your number one guard you have going to the Eagles. You said, I saw that, tw- that, and I had the same thing happening just because they know how to do Yes, and they'll do that. That guy just right? he just
1: looks like an eagle, Osiris torrens Yeah, flies. right,
0: right, right. They took him out of the crowd and let him yep. play, right? <laughs> um, the, the other thing with, with center, right? Um, is there, if, if the receivers that they want are gone, yep. is there a center worth taking overall at 25, or would you wait to the second round to get, like, I your gotta,
2: guy Schmitz hey, or hey, uh, the Jerry, kid from Jerry, can I jump State? in one second? Dave, i got to be honest with you, bud, before, and then we'll let you jump in and you tell us. I know a lot yeah. of people want Schmitz. Oh, yeah, he's the best center. Mm-hmm. Dude, i got to be honest with you. Watching both of them up close a
1: lot lately, I like Wepler better than him. Am I wrong, Dave? Mm-hmm. That's what I had too. No, you're not wrong. I have Whippler, Tipton, and Schmitz. I have. I knew we were going to talk guard center, so I said mm-hmm. they're one, two, three. And how you how you yeah. stack them will not be like how I stack them or how they stack them. Neither one of those guys. What I will agree with you, Chris, is they not. Schmitz does not stand above uh, Whippler his pass or Tittman. pro
2: His pass pro scares so, me a little bit. Well, Whippler, and when you saw him do against top elite talent in his in in college, his pass pro was is way better, in my opinion, than Schmitz. Now, Schmitz is a powerful run-blocking yeah, I, I have it. I get it. But Weppler's, yep. and here's Dave. Here's another thing looking at Wepler, He's a smart dude, bro. He recognizes twists. Mm-hmm. He's excellent in yep. that game. Um, I like the way he pulls. Yep. I like his, let me look at some other notes I wrote down here. I like the way he plays outside zone runs, recognizes twists. To me, I look. all I heard was about was Schmitz, 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 Schmitz. I said, you know what? I don't go by everybody yeah. else. I got to be honest with you, Dave. Until so I look at my, my eyes and then I say, well, I'm going to judge what I like. And Dave, after watching Weppler and Schmitz, I give Weppler the edge. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm right. Tell me whatever you again. Tell me how you got it.
1: <laughs> you're <Dave>. right, Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, I feel a little bit better yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, you're right in this regard. What are you looking for out of the center? That, that that's the answer. If you want a lot of outside zone and the giants used Feliciano in that role a lot last year. I mean, the amount of time, not every center can pull out. I'm not a huge Feliciano fan, he but up. he's one of the few that, that he can pull out and reach that C gap in a blink. Um, I don't think Schmitz is going to be able to do that. You know, you're going to have to have him stay at home a little bit more often. And Whippler is oh, a much better athlete. So close. if you want an athlete yeah. at center, you're going to have to go with Whipler because he can reach all those points. Um, You know, he's he's closer to a Garrett Bradbury type on Minnesota who's been a little up and down. But again, they need him. They need that athleticism from that spot for Dalvin Cook's running style. So what are they doing with this running game this year? And I know that this coaching staff can play a hybrid scheme. They can switch things up based on the opponent. We hear that all the time. And, you know, what team doesn't say that, but. The Giants truly did switch up the blocking scheme throughout the year in terms of, you know, matchups and who was on the field. They had a turnstile, they had, you know, a revolving door at left guard center last year. And um, you know, Whippler last year in last year's version of the Giants offense would be a better fit than Schmidt's. Neither one of them are worth the 25th pick overall, though. And if the Giants Kick a center at 25 overall, I would be very surprised. That would be shopping hungry. And that's something Shane always repeats. We are not going to the food store hungry. Um, that's been their free agency plan, right? Um, picture a barrel that's leaking water. You have to fill the barrel, and that means you're a, a Super Bowl contender. If you have a bunch of leaks, you're trying to fill these fill these leaks with with patches. Or uh, And what the Giants have done in free agency is they put Band-Aids over the poles but they're not, they're not going to be there forever. They're ne- they might not be there next year. The Giants have not filled this hole at center, and I think they're going to sign someone at some point um, because I can't imagine them going into the draft and saying, we need to find a starting center. If they do, that, that can put you in a bad spot. That can make you reach, um, but I trust this front office that they won't do that. A name that we haven't brought up yet is Titman from Wisconsin. He does not have the body type that I like at center, um, he's a little too tall. I believe he measured in at, what do I have, 6'6", 3'13". But he plays bigger, too. He he has more range. And he's a good athlete. He can reach the outside. Um, so how the Giants view that philosophy of um, drafting a, a guy that's a little too tall, is going to struggle with the pad level, is going to get pushed around, is going to probably lose some space in the pocket a little bit for Daniel Jones. Um, it's going to be really interesting to watch what they do there. Um, but I believe... To answer your question, Jerry, I think the center position is going to be filled round three or four. I don't think it's going to be with one of the first two picks.
0: Okay, I have I have Whippler in my mind for what it's worth. Going uh, and, I, would, I, and I,
2: I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised ecstatic, if that happens. Ecstatic if the Giant if he's there and a the Giants pick second yeah. round. Dave, I always look. Dave, yeah. when I watch yeah. these guys, these young men too, I always look about the competition they played against too. I like when they play well. Like so, I watched that Jalen Carter matchup against Whipple last year. And I tell you, Dave, yep. Jalen Carter to me is the best defensive lineman coming out of this draft. He's that kid is phenomenal, okay? And Wepler is a stud. Wepler stud. played really well against him, Dave. He played pretty good against that kid, man. Got it a couple times Jalen got him. A yep. couple times Jalen got him, but he also got him a lot too. Um I like I like mm-hmm. watching how they do against top competition too. Um I, I like
1: Yeah. Right, That's I, the most I important like part. Wepler. That's I also got another yeah. kid,
2: Dave, before we get off the center position. That if he's there in the second round, yep. tell me if if this is too hot. I kind of like the kid from Michigan too, man. All okay. all I don't know, all Tommy. Oh
1: yeah, all yeah, tri- He played yeah, for Michigan last. He transferred over.
2: You know, i <laughs> um, watching him. Yep. I feel this is a kid that's climbing, bro, climbing. Um, a second or third round pick. I like him. I like I like the way he pull. I like the way he, the outside zone. Um, I like him in pass throw. Tell me
1: about him, Dave. What you see in him? Mm-hmm a little a little heavy-footed but if he gets his it's hands over. on you what it's I got. over he, <laughs> it's, it's, it, he's one of the right. he's one of those guys you know like that if he if he gets into a good initial position you're not going to beat him uh Michael Onwenu who is playing for the Patriots right now fifth or sixth round pick we had him at the Shrine Bowl a few years ago and we remember saying the same thing about him he's not the best athlete out there but if his technique is good enough if he gets into right. the right position you're not going to beat him and I feel the same way about Odell that if he is in the right position at uh, post-snap, and one thing he does better than Schmitz, and I think these guys are more similar than people think, right, is he stays upright. He can mirror a little bit better. Schmitz, you can see him. He shows his numbers. He shows his face masks to the ground while he's engaged with quicker, faster defenders. He's just not a natural athlete where – Although with Timmy, he's not going to win any, you know, NFL combines in shorts, but yeah. the guy stays upright and because he stays upright, because his hands are so strong, he can control the engagement. I do think he's a, a step below Whippler right. athletically. So, so again, what do you, what do you want out of the center position? And if you don't need him to move laterally that much, you could easily say he's the guy above right. Whippler and you know, I mean, the guy started over 50 games in college. You know what you're getting out of although with Timmy Whippler, Uh, Still a little bit of an unknown, but another thing that's going to put a feather in his cap—he's a Jersey kid, you know. So I I think a lot of Giants fans are going to know. He's from Montville, went to St. Joe's. Montville,
0: Montville, went to St. Joe's.
1: So I think there's this—it would be a fun. I think that's just more of a fun note to to put out there. That has nothing to do with the decision, obviously. But you know, he'll have a lot of supporters. I'm imagining once draft time comes um, around.
2: The kid from Michigan, man, watching him, and like you said, I saw a big, powerful kid, bro. When his hands were on guys. Like you said, it was over, bro. It was, I mean, I see him lock guys up, firing out, locking guys up, and dude, done. Next play, because you're not beating that kid.
1: Yeah. I think this kid has so much
2: potential, bro. It'd
1: be a lot of fun to watch him and Dexter Lawrence (laughs) go at it in in, (laughs) in practice and training camp, because I I think, although with Timmy, he's the guy that keeps the pocket expanded. You're not going to push him back, the anchor is there. All right, his his legs are tree trunks, and you know it's just a matter of do you trust him against the complex blitzes and stunts. I mean, the freak athletes that are coming yeah. into the NFL now that play the defensive line. I mean, it's almost unfair for for offensive linemen now. Like some of the athleticism are numbers that these guys put out as D tackles, even mm-hmm. um, it's just ridiculous. So I think you're always going to have. I think every team's going to be dealing with that. Is Hey, we're not gonna have the best athletes in there, but if you can at least get someone that can lock their hands on and not get pushed back, then you can work with that a little bit better. And he, he's in that tier. You
0: mentioned shop in Hungary, and the first name that comes to mind for me with the Giants was Eric Flowers yep. at nine. Okay.
1: Overall.
0: I mean that was that we needed we needed a left tackle and it was all right, we'll take Eric Flowers, and it was he was not a finished product, and then it just became a yep, disaster. And it just spiraled um,
1: downhill from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're right, and I love that we have a GM. And you said yes before. You said you know you have faith in Dable, faith in Shane too. That he's going to do the right thing. He's going to make the smart mm-hmm. pick. Um, stay. In, I mean, we could stay on, on guard or center, but I just overall question: what is your what's the deepest position for you that you see in this corner?
1: Yeah, I, I think, and deepest. I'll tell you what, guys. We haven't. We, I don't know what the, the agenda is yeah, here for the podcast um, in terms of what hey, we're, we're talking. Whatever, whatever into, you want to Whatever to you want right to be. Because I got <laughs> numerous kids listed yeah.
2: on this freaking chart, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I'm a little, I always try to think outside the box a little bit, because I know you guys talk draft all the time, and a lot of other podcasts talk drafts, everyone's talking draft now, that's all we have to talk about, that and Lamar Jackson, or Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's like, you know, you, you don't want to get too repetitive, and one thing I really want to get out there with this draft, in regard to the Giants, is considering where the decision makers are coming from buffalo and philadelphia right i'm just i'm talking about brandon brown the assistant gm right they draft for next year uh two years from now and three years from now and if you want to look at what this roster is going to be dealing with in a few years because they're about to lock in their core andrew thomas daniel jones not sure about saquon um they're not going to have that much money uh to spend on some of the other premium positions that's part of what the thought process is when you have to pay daniel what you pay daniel and I mean the cornerback group in two years from now, I mean, what what are we looking at? You know, is is Jackson still gonna be here? Maybe. Um Darnay Holmes, doubt it. Nick McLeod, what is Nick McLeod? This the cornerback position, in my opinion, the the signing of uh the two guys they just brought in, um uh the kid from, from, from Leonard John Leonard. Yeah, Leonard and the Johnson. kid from Detroit, Ware, yeah, right? Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not going to be – those are not guys that are going to impact the draft decision in in, in this draft. So right. I, I be, I'm i beating around the bush a little bit. I think corner and maybe even nickel safety, the role that we're losing from Julian Love, this draft is loaded, loaded with those guys that can come in and contribute year one. They don't need to, all right, because they, they're not shopping hungry. They signed those guys as safety nets. They signed Bobby McCain as a safety net. I think defensive back is just as likely as wide receiver in you. round one.
2: I agree with you, bro. Because, like you said, next yep. next year. So, I, what are you going to be looking at? Adoree's not coming back, right? I'm not. I'm sorry, 2024. Right. I'm not talking about this season. 2024. Yeah, that's what we're. Back. yeah. you got Cordell Flott, and yep. who else? <laughs> think about
1: it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know? Rodarius no, Williams. No, forget about him. Know? I'm I mean, telling they, you, Dave. Forget about <laughs> him. So, yeah. I mean, do they like Nick McLeod? I mean, but still, no matter what, none of these guys are going to impact the draft decision. You know, so I I think it's very much in the wings. And I'll tell you what, Julian Love, love him or hate him, upset about the signing in Seattle. I think that one's going to sting a little bit, seeing what he signed Mm -hmm. with in Seattle. Um, And that role, right, a safety that has a cornerback skill set. What does that even mean? Love was a corner in college. He came to the NFL. We knew he, was, right. he probably was not going to be a corner in the NFL, and he kind of played both. It was mostly safety. mostly played inside. He wasn't playing outside on the island by himself. There are two or three guys that I think are first-round capable of playing that role, but the two ones that I, I think – they're number one, two on my safety board, Brian Branch and Jartavius Martin. Brian Branch is from Alabama. Martin's from Illinois, and – those are two guys I think you slot into the starting lineup week one and your defense is immediately better. And this defense, you know, I think they let them down a little bit last year. Uh, I think they needed a little bit more depth and they could have been a lot better if they can find pieces around to build around Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau and Okariki. You have to find guys on the back end. And that's where I think they're the weakest right now.
2: So give us, Dave, if they go corner. True corner. Yeah.
1: Which is a possibility.
2: Yep. Let's face it. It's an oh, absolute absolutely. possibility. They might go two corner opposite of Adori. Okay. And then you got, you know, then yep. you got some guys like Flod and, like you said, yeah, McLeods or whatever they do. Um, who do you have? Um, my top three right now is Withers- Witherspoon and Porter and Gonzalez could go two, two and two A. Flip flop, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Tell me, if, you know, how do you feel about these corners? I got Witherspoon. I'm very impressed with him. Plays a lot of man. Very physical. The kid hits like a damn linebacker. I mean, you see him blowing people up Mm. out there. I got him as number one, Dave. um, Who do you have? And tell us why.
1: Gonzalez is number one to me, the kid from Oregon, uh, just because of how smooth, how easy everything looks like when you're scouting a corners, they're a hard position to scout because there's a lot that goes into it schematically and who they're matched up against. I can't, stress that enough how important it is when you're scouting a corner you need to know who they're matched up against are they matched up against a 4-6 guy or 4-4 right is um what kind of who's throwing the football you know is it a guy that's going to be an accountant in two years or is he going to be in the nfl in two years right so this all matters gonzalez against his toughest competition no, looked no different than his easiest competition everything just seems natural to him and that's what i look for the most out of a top tier corner um the way he turns the way he bursts out of his he's breaks fluid, he is um, fluid dude he's Very fluid, Um, and then you have then you have four after he's he's kind of one, and then there's two, three, four, five underneath him. You know, he's kind of like in the league of his own. Um, I like Ringo Mm -hmm. from Georgia, and I'm going to get into why, even though he's raw. Mm -hmm. Okay, then I have Witherspoon, then I have Porter, then I have uh, Deontay Banks Mm -hmm. from Maryland. Um, All five of those guys have first round grades on my board, and I think one or two of them will be there when the Giants are on the clock, and. Who fits the scheme the best, right? wartendale I think his scheme was even scaled back a Absolutely. little bit last year because they didn't, they didn't have that safety net on the outside that said, hey, we're sending the house or look getting complex, but the corners, you need to live on an island against anyone mm-hmm. and everyone, and we're going to trust you. I don't think they had that trust last year, especially after the Jackson injury. So who are the guys that fit that role the best? I think it's Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. from Penn State even though he has a lot of work to do. But this is a situation, again, where I think the Giants can afford to use a 25th pick and say, you're not starting in year one. We're going to get you looks here and there, and if injuries pile up, your number will be called. But we need to work on some of these things. Porter Jr., I'm going to put a tweet out there next week. I'm just doing a little bit more extra research on it. There are unicorns in this class. And when I say unicorns, I'm talking about physical ability, talent, measurement, speed – that we have never seen before at the position. This is what caught my attention about the cornerback class the most. Porter's one of them. When you're talking about his length, his height, um, and then you talk about uh, Julius Brents from Kansas State. Uh, you're talking about Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi yeah, like that. State. You know, the, the kid with all the pick sixes. And, you know, you're talking about just – this is why – I even think Ringo, too. I mean, this kid's 210 pounds, runs sub-44. He's got a, four, four, a track six. background, yeah. but – yeah, and Darius Rush, mm-hmm. a former receiver that is now just blowing up his workouts at 6'2", 196, they have ball skills too. I mean, this is this is something yeah. that we start.
0: I was going to ask you about. I was going to ask you about. This is something Rush,
1: yeah. you guys should pay attention to. This. This. Not a lot of people are talking about this. About four to five years ago, if you remember back, every single year we were saying, "Man, strongest wide receiver class ever, deepest receiver class ever, ever, ever." Like years in a row. I'm like when is this trend going to stop? I think at that time, back at the high school level and early college level, Darius Rush is an example. Some of these coaches said, hey, if you want to play in the NFL and want to be a first-round pick, you got to go to corner because the supply and demand, it's just the the receiver market is oversaturated and everyone is starving for corners that have size and ball skills. So now these former receivers, Rush is an example, in 2019, his second year in the program, moves to corner – And now here we are, 2022, you can make the argument he's got more upside than Cam Smith, who a lot of people like as a first or second round pick. And, you know, I I think that there's just guys in this class that can do things that we have not seen. And I think it's because everyone's saying, screw receiver. There's too many of them. I'm going to corner and I'm going to stand out because I have this length. Like imagine Quentin Johnston as a cornerback. That's kind of what you're getting out of Ringo, uh, Porter, and Brents. That, that is basically the, the, the defensive version of Quentin Johnston and teams need that everyone needs a corner in this league every single team Dave I'll...
2: okay
0: we're gonna take our we're gonna take our second break guys uh, we'll be right back you listen to the John Insider Podcast folks with special guest Dave Syverson hang on one second and we're back folks you listen to the John Insider Podcast with Chris Nobody Beats the Biz Busy Jerry Foley and our special guest from yeah. our lads Dave, I was so Dave impressed Syverson with this. go ahead Chris
2: this corner group man watching them I really am like the Kid Ringo, like you said. Uh, Banks, man, I really like him. And I tell you what, Dave, Emmanuel Forbes, man, the size is what scares you, right? Obviously, he's a thin frame, yep. and can he last in this league and all that stuff. But I tell you, man, yep. watching him, I mean, he, you know, he is physical for his size, good man press guy. I, I tell you, you have him as a first round or you have him as a second round grade?
1: I have him, so I'm looking at it right now. It's an 80. It's like the brink of right. first, second round. He's kind of like right on the bubble, but if, gun to my head, I have an early right. second round grade on him.
2: What do you think about him, Dave? What, is, is the size that scares you the most like me?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's unicorn again. Like, you don't see guys weighing in at under 170 pounds. And, you know, I, I think that's becoming, this would be a bigger deal four, or five, six years ago. But now that they're you just can't touch receivers anymore, and they're getting a little bit more flag happy with legal contact. You need guys that can move. And the funny part about this little story is, when I first wa- started watching his tape, I started thinking, "Wow, this is the exact same body type right. as Ahmad Gardner, mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner." Now Sauce Gardner was a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, uh, but then I'm watching the combine, and Forbes is on there. They're talking him up. Jeremiah likes him a lot. Mm-hmm. Who's in the booth is Sauce Gardner. Yeah, sort of. They're talking about this kid. And it's funny that, you know, like we talked about with their receivers earlier, you can't get too hung up on body type if there's a standout trait elsewhere. And Forbes' standout trait, I think he's got he's six got, career picks. got sixes. four
2: career picks, which is like a record, FBS record. And he had six picks last year. Yeah, it's picks-ish. unbelievable amount.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Six picks last year. So you're talking about a guy that has a great feel. And his movement traits, because he's so light, actually help him out. I mean, he's going to play sticky, short, intermediate, deep. He can run with vertical speed. He can make plays on the ball. And, you know, I I think the quickest way to turn around a defense is create more turnovers. And if that's something that a defense is looking for, Forbes has got to be on your list. Yeah. But but there will be teams that won't. There are teams that are pretty strict with, hey, if you're not weighing this, you know, you are below the line. We're not taking that chance. But – if you're asking me, Forbes is a good fit for the Giants, and I it would agree, be a good second-round you know, pick if he was there. You
2: can't teach ball hawkness, okay? And the kid's a natural ball hawk. You watch him on film. He's just always around yeah. the ball. And it's not a coincidence that he had these six picks last year, four. for the, the kid is a ball hawk, you know? And you know, Dave, how it is. Some guys yeah. are good cover corners, but they won't come down with the picks. They won't have the ints. Um who the hell was out of the Giants yep. not too long ago? He had a career one pick or something, but he was a pretty good cover coin. I forget who the hell it was, but uh, maybe it was Will Allen. He never had a pick, right? He was a pretty decent cover coin. Will, caller, Will Allen, really maybe? picks. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. This kid is like a yep. – like you said, yeah. depending on, the, you know, obviously the regime, Shane, Dave, everybody else – do you trade that size a little bit for that ball hawkness man press guy and that's going to be something they have that they have to decide on but mm-hmm. i really liked him too man yep, obviously yep. the frame is the only thing that kind of scares me it, it is so your best guy is going to be christian yep. Gonzalez, dave you like him the best
1: yep i like him the best and ringo many people don't have ringo this high mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying he might not be a first rounder and you know I, I, for me like my business and this is the way i view it is is how do i view them i'm not really in the prediction business um We've talked about this last year. I don't give a damn about like mock drafts and if I'm from right or wrong about where a guy goes in the draft. And Ringo is a guy that, hey, he might not go early in the draft, but I have him number two at a premium position. And it's, you know, I watched his 2021 tape over the summer leading into the season. I just saw things that nobody else can do. And then I do the research on him. You see the track background. Like, okay, that's obvious because the kid can run with anyone. He's got the catch up speed, Uh, but his issues are. Similar to Quentin Johnson, when we talked about him, the good is really good, the bad is really bad. So where does he sit? Where is he going to be in two, three years? Um, so you get some background information on his work ethic, how coachable he is, and he checks every box there. And I just think the kid needs a little bit more experience. And yes, I think he needs the right scheme. Um, I don't know if he's going to he's going to be a fit for schemes that run a lot of zone because I just don't think he has the feel. He's a reactionary football player that is six foot two. Um, with, I would say, average length, maybe a below blitz, average, yeah. but can run with anyone. You know, this is the, this is the kind of guy you line up across DK Metcalf, yeah. and you're not, you're no longer afraid. He can run and he He's a strong physical. kid,
2: Dave. He's a strong. Watching him in man, very he's strong, a strong kid, man. And he can blitz, which we all know. Yeah. I think Wink likes and, to do once in a while. Yep. Right. So, so,
1: yeah. Blitz, and he can support the run. You know, I know that you 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 pay the other guys to stop the Absolutely run, but it matters. does matter right that a corner can 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 set the edge especially in a scheme like this and hey dave who's the best run defending corner in the class it's him or julius brentz from kansas state you know they they will have the corner
2: position um you haven't said anything about Witherspoon. Is this is there something you don't like you have him in the top three yeah. uh is he a number top 15 20 grade in this draft and is there something you don't like about him
1: he's number three to me um and I love the story. I love the personality. I love the fact that he got to Illinois um, academically qualified four days before training camp 2019 and then still went on to start right away, and then you see him get better every single year. So I think you're going to see someone that's going to come in and work his butt off, whether it be special teams or on the defensive side. Um, can he run with long speed? That's my one question. I've seen him get burned a few times, and you can tell that he's not that confident in his long speed because the second someone gets vertical on him, the first thing he does is grab And he'll get penalized at the next level a lot. And it's okay early on in your career for a young corner to get penalized. It doesn't mean you're doing a bad job. It just, I don't think he trusts his footwork enough. Right. I mean, he's excellent Mm -hmm. when he's going downhill, when he has his eyes on the action. Like you said, he's probably the most physical tackler in the group. Right. He's not the most successful Mm -hmm. tackler. He misses a lot, but he is, he is a heat seeking missile when, when he comes down. Um, but I, I question his ability to line up across from Devontae Smith and stick with him down the field. Um, you know, I think he can be a weapon short to intermediate. Schemes that run zone or hybrid zone man, I think that's the best fit for him. But I do think he'll One be a top about Devin, team
2: that I He's going to have to, whatever team he winds up, but he's going to have to kind of bring in that aggressiveness a little bit, Dave. He's a little too aggressive at times. I see that in him where he gets over aggressive. Right. Yeah. He's trying to make that big hit. He right. overpursues. He's trying to line up the guy to level him, dude. You're a corner, I, I, yep. and don't get me wrong. Right. I love <laughs> physical corners. I mean, yeah. we had one hundred years ago, Mark Collins, it would knock your teeth right. in. You know, I, and I love guys that come up and put a hat yep. on you. But you're a corner. You know what I mean? Uh, still, you're not a safety lining up at an angle and blowing a guy up. You know, you're still a corner. And at times, I see. Yep. But that's something, Dave Daker, whoever you know, coaching says will bring that in. I'm sure in him, you know, without taking away his aggressiveness.
1: Yeah, I would say this: you'd rather deal with that problem no than question. someone that's not physical enough, yeah. right? Because because that those traits are are hard to develop. It's hard to make a a grown Absolutely. man tougher, you know, like once they get into the NFL. So, you know, the in that same discussion, does that over aggressiveness show up in coverage? And I think this is where a corner in year two, year three, once the league gets enough tape on you, they can start playing games with you. So he's going to have to mm-hmm. fix the over aggressiveness. For the sake of his year two, year three status in the league, like if they know that you bite on fakes, you bite on double routes, and you don't have the recovery speed, which is the one question I have with him, that that could be a nail in the coffin type trait. So I agree with you; that's going to be something that needs to be worked on in addition to some of the footwork.
0: Dave, you you said um, there's a lot of unicorns in this draft, and you know I I think, for, if I recall, you had the corners you had a bunch of first round grades there you had first round grades on a number of quarterbacks mm. which we don't care as much about um but uh, you also had a number of first round mm. grades on edge rushers is that what you're talking about the other yeah like the, unicorns the, the that edge rushers
1: in this class this is if you ask me what's the second deepest group um it would be a tie between the edge the edge group and the running backs um there were a couple guys that went back to school that i thought were going to come out so that kind of dampened this group a little bit but it's still I mean, I think this edge group is better than what we saw last year. Uh, maybe not as top heavy, but I mean, you can make the argument it is. Uh, and I think Giants fans, you guys should be thinking about edge here. I mean, they're, they're thin with behind Kayvon Thibodeau and Ojulari, who is now we can label him an injury risk. Right. And right. Several right. times, yep. I think we, we kind of lost track of this late in the year when Kayvon really started to blow up. Um, this was a, a pretty bad outside rush for most of the season last year. And if you don't believe in the long-term projection or even the roster status of Ojolari here, this is a spot that I think Martindale is going to be banging on the table and saying, we need another outside threat or at least someone that can shift outside. And there's a few of those guys in this class that can kind of play some inside-outside versatility but I don't think we're going to see round one edge, but I think once day two rolls around, it's, it's a strong possibility if the value there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like rounds,
1: I would or even five, say I think, round or three, round, even three. Um, you know, if someone slides down okay. to a spot, because again, I'm looking at, I mean, I think I have a dozen round one, two, three grades. So you have to imagine someone's going to be there round three. That probably shouldn't be just based on supply and demand around the league. Right. And you could probably say the same thing about round four. Yeah. Um, you know, and I remember last year we talked about the edge defenders in the Martindale scheme. He does prefer size, or I should say, a, he does prefer mm-hmm. the ability to set the edge. Right? You need to have some stoutness to you. Right. Now, it's not a rule. I mean, he drafted. They drafted Tyrus Bowser when he was uh, when he was in Baltimore, and they drafted uh, Thibodeau, who's not a big, big guy. I mean, he's a better run defender than people give him credit for, but. I do believe right. if they're not completely confident in Ojolari being a long-term answer or they're just afraid of the injuries and, hey, part of the draft is coming up with plan B and plan C, right? Can you get someone here with a little bit more size that can still rush the passer on the outside? And there's a few guys here that can do that.
0: Because the other guy on the, on the roster is Ellerson Smith, and he, he sees the field know, less, I mean, than, <laughs> less than Ojolari. You know, like, it, it's just, there's, like you said, they're so thin behind him which is why I, I do think they will take an edge yeah, rusher. I, and it's I not a spot
1: you want to be thin at. And, hey, I mean, I love Dallerson Smith coming out. I'm, I'm so disappointed yeah. that we just haven't seen him break into that, what I thought he could be. But yeah. the injuries popped up, and, you know, you could see mentally it doesn't look like it's clicking with him either. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I think round three you could start looking at those edge rushers, see who's there, and, and you could probably come up with a fit or two.
2: So one position at Wink. Will be banging on the door, I'm pretty sure about, even though they signed Bobby Okereke. Wink's going to want another linebacker, Dave, because from last August, he did not like this linebacking group. And one kid he kind of liked a little bit, Mm -hmm. got hurt, blew out his knee in training camp, and that was Damian Mm Beavers. So for Giants fans, Dave, uh, I can tell you this for a fact, don't think because he signed Okereke, okay, we're good there. No, they're going to look for probably another kid because stopping the run is a priority, Okay, so we look at some of these kids and a little mm-hmm. bit on the inside. Do both. I know. I know most people like this kid from Clemson, Trenton Simpson, Dave. Um, I kind of like the kid from Washington State a ton, and and Hen- Henley. Okay. Kind of like him. Henley. You got you got of yep. course Jack Campbell who had a good combine. A lot of people love him, including me. Who do you like, Dave? Tell mm-hmm. us about him.
1: So, yeah.
0: Hey, real quick, Dave, Dave, before you start, I got to give you credit. You had Darian Beavers yeah. as your best value pick for the Giants Yeah, year. I, I really, so go I was, there,
1: you go. there were a lot of injuries. I yeah. remember last year during camp preseason. I mean, it happens around the league, but that was the one I was most disappointed by because it, it seemed like he was breaking into yeah. the number one spot, the number one role. Yeah. you you had it after they yeah. drafted him, though. You yeah. said this I mean, is that, the that best was, value pick for the Giants. That was a pretty so a good fit in terms yeah. of what Martindale wants. He wants line. He doesn't want inside linebackers that are just an inside linebacker. Run like you got to be able to blitz, rush the passer, and cover a little bit. And he fit every bill there. Now there's a kid. He's on he's on my number four, so he's not number one, but he's from the same program. He's my favorite player to Andy, watch in this draft. Him and wrong. Sidney Brown, Ivan uh, Ivan yeah. Pace from Cincinnati, um, just a bowling ball that he he will hurt grown men when he tackles them. I mean, he, his presence will be felt right <laughs> away. Um, there's a size issue there. I believe he me- measured in at under six foot. I'll get that for you real quick. He was, yeah, 5'11", five, five 231, five 11, short 231. arms too, uh, small wing.
2: I have have your article
1: up, Dave. I'm sorry. This this is the thing about him. Okay. (laughs) This kid made an unbelievable amount of plays behind the line of scrimmage. And that is a trait. When you look at some of the best inside linebackers, off-ball linebackers in the NFL, if there's one metric that you can see carries over to the NFL, just like interceptions with quarterbacks, it's plays behind the line of scrimmage. And his size is actually an advantage. And he's actually one of the most explosive players at the entire at the position in the entire class. I think he had, at his pro that he ran in the 4.5s, jumped out of the building. The agility is off the charts. Um, he's rocked up. And he transferred from Miami of Ohio to see how he would do against uh, higher-level competition. And he had his best year of his career. And that's something that I, I think you're going to see something similar in the NFL. And the, a couple of the guys I scout with, we all said Malcolm Rodriguez from Detroit. Six-round pick that you kind of knew coming out he was going to do a good job if he got into the right system, and he exceeded our expectations. So I think this is a kid that if the Giants and if Martindale can get over the lack of length, which I'm not sure. I, I know he likes length. Yeah. Patrick Queen had a length issue at Baltimore, and it's kind of starting to come to fruition that he's just hmm. not you know, panning out, and, and part of that issue is the length. But Ivan Pace Jr. is a kid that I would just love to see here play. Even if he doesn't make it defensively, he will be – everyone's favorite special teamer to watch. So where do you draft a kid like that? Um, you know, I think most are going to say day three. Um, I will have a day two grade on him. I think, you know, that, that's where I think he's going to stack up on my board, but you know, back to what Chris is saying, who's the favorite guy. Trenton Simpson is my favorite linebacker and he does fit, you know, before the Okariki signing, I was saying, Hey, I think this is the kind of guy the giants are going to go after. And, hey, just like you said, I don't think they're done at linebacker. And I think they want to add some competition there for McFadden and Beavers. And uh, Simpson is explosive. He's versatile. He's a top-notch and tangible kid, a team leader, someone that you know is going to come in and work his butt off. They're going to have no issues with him. Um, That's the kind of guy that adds speed and personality to the defense. Like Weatherspoon, the corner from Illinois, a little too aggressive at times. You find him... Get uh, a lot of running. He, he creates a lot of cutback lanes for running backs. And you could see it pretty visibly when you watch from the All-22 tape.
2: You know, I got Trenton Simpson as a real good downhill tackler, but I have a little issue with him in coverage at times. You Did you see that too?
1: Yeah. Doesn't know what he's doing. He's athletic enough to cover, but he right. doesn't have the field. Especially in his own. And here's, yeah. a, here's a question. Here's a question we ask ourselves a lot with corners: Is what would you rather have, guy that can run a four-three but doesn't have a feel, or a guy that runs a four-five that has the feel? You know, and you know, ends up being a tie, really, yeah. right? If you're faster, you can make up for losses. But in today's short passing game, you know, this is what Jerebilsch Pepper struggled with. You know, he he never had a feel in coverage. He was fast enough to make up for mistakes, but in a short passing league where the quick fire, quick fire. All you need is that little window, and Trenton Simpson he allows that little window often that's, in coverage. I just don't think he I, has the feel.
2: Exactly what I wrote, Dave is that an excellent downhill tackler, but zone coverage question mark. That's exactly what I have. You know, and look that look that can yeah. improve. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And you, look, he's a four four kid, but like you said, Dave, yeah. you know in this league, in the NFL, running four four don't mean shit because other guys are played faster in the game speed. That's what's important. Like I look at Jack Campbell yep. at times, and I see the kid's got a four six five, right, Dave? But I'm looking at, mm-hmm. I'm watching mm-hmm. him on film, saying, "Yeah, that's nice. He's got a four six five, But look at the way he's playing. He's not playing four six five level. Right. That's big. To, I mean, Dave, I mean, right. guys, oh, game speed. Forget about the shorts and running a forty in fun of Rich Eisen and everything looks great. You know, let me see him on film. How's he look? Game speed. That's big. You know, and you see some of these guys. Not, look, I like Trenton a lot too, Dave. There's some things, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, like we just talked about. But I like his high motive, Dave. I like he's a nasty yep. kid. I like he's a sideline and a sideline yep. kid. Look, Dave, I, I always love that little nastiness of the guy. I'm like that old school idiot mentality. Like, give me a guy with a little chip and nasty to knock your teeth in. And I like that about him. He seems to have that sideline and sideline nastiness about him. But, Dave, one other kid yep. I just want to talk about with you because you know this crap better than me. I- yep. Um, I really like this kid from Washington State. Tell me what you don't like about him, what you do like about him. I just want to quickly tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I like the idea he could blitz, okay? He even played three technique on a line at times, this kid. He seems to read Mm -hmm. the run really well. Gap-type run guy. Tell me what I'm wrong of. I'm right. What do you like about him?
1: No, he he's he's a day two pick for sure. Um I think he right. could start in the league. You know, whenever I put a day two grade on someone, that means I think he could be a starter within right. your first year or two. And I, I have him in that tier. Um the the, the thing I like about him is he's similar to Simpson, he plays a lot of energy, he's physical, he's nasty, yeah. and he can run. You know, he, he can pursue guys yeah. sideline to sideline. Um he has a little bit of a high hip frame, and what I, what I what that means is like the movement gets a little clunky at times. Like when he he makes an initial read and then he has to adjust. It takes him an extra step or two, and at linebacker, that worries me a little bit. That's really what prevented him from going to like the top of the round two, maybe even end of round okay. one tier for me. Is you just see those recovery steps, um, some balance and stability issues in space. It's not always the issue, but in in tight quarters when you're playing the inside run, that could be that could be something that kind of beats him up a little bit. Uh, I don't love how he takes on blocks okay. either. Uh, Henley, he, he exposes his chest a lot. Again, these are things that can be coached up, but these are just notes that I have on him from the game film that, you know, offensive lineman that had a clean shot at him. Uh, he had a really hard time gotcha. getting off those guys. So I think his highlight reels fun, right? Because he yep. can run, he can hit, he can cover. He doesn't have to come off the field on third down. Um, whether you want him to rush the passer or cover someone out of the backfield. Uh, but I think the day to day, uh, sorry, the snap to snap inside run defense is what would scare me if he was playing next to gotcha. Okariki.
0: Dave, what I love about your analysis in all honesty, and this has been for years yep. now. You put yourself out there. You don't just I mean yep. you always say like have yep. your own opinions. So I'm going to call you out on Let's one. Go. I want to ask I'm not calling you out I want to ask you about one. You have you have Michael <laughs> Mayer as a second round grade
1: yep. and I do. three tight ends ahead of him.
0: Wow. I'm just I was like
1: wow, but I like good for you like but well, there's two things. This tight end class for you? is probably the, the the best tight end class we've seen in a long time. Um, maybe, maybe ever, you know, we we might be getting 11 starting tight ends out of this group. And usually the average, just so you know, is four to five. So, you know, that's a position I probably should have answered first Mm -hmm. when you said, what's the deepest group, you know, because I went to, all right, which has the most uh, round one, two, three grades, but really in proportion to previous years, this is the strongest group position group in the class, right? I mean, there are over twice as many starting caliber players in this group that we ever, that we've ever seen uh, in previous. Now, Um, So I think Mayer is a little bit of a victim of how strong this group is. Mayer, to me, is a very average athlete. And a lot of the production that we saw out of him in the passing game was manufactured. It was engineered by the scheme. Bubble screens, short dump-off passes. um, And then I went into his blocking. And I think a guy this big from the Notre Dame program, you stereotype it as, oh, he's probably a bruiser. And I left very underwhelmed. So, yeah, I came under, I came away underwhelmed by the blocking, both in space and at the second level. I just never thought that he was playing sticky enough with his hands. Now, the question is, Dave, we're not drafting Michael Mayer in the first or second round to block. But I think part of his view, uh, part of the view that everyone has on him is that he's a, a true every-down threat, meaning he's going to block at a high level, he's going to get yards after the catch at a high level, and he's going to catch the football at a high level. And I just, every time I, I graded him across the sheet, meaning I looked at the trait and I gave him a grade. I looked at the trait I gave him a grade. They just were constantly average to above average. And the question is, and this is a little bit unfair for those that love Meyer Meyer is if any of these other guys were in that scheme and got the amount of looks that he did, they would have had better or the same production because I think the athleticism that you have out of Kincaid musgrave and just the unicorn status of darnell washington i think we that the situation pumped him up a little bit more and i think the fact that he was good right away as a freshman um everyone's just been anticipating this draft for him and when i really kind of take away those biases and i really just study him as a prospect i don't see the standout trait okay
2: dave um you know how much i like you
1: right (laughs) here we go
2: all right and you know how much I respect, yes, sir. You? But you just annoyed the <laughs> shit out of me with that Michael Mayer evaluation. Okay, I poured, I poured, the, I poured a, the gasoline on that one. Yes, you did. He's <laughs> had a tomato quarterback for the last two That's years. True.
1: Now, who's the Oregon State quarterback? Who's, uh, the, who's the Utah quarterback? <laughs> no, I, I look. I agree with you.
2: Look, I have to be honest with you, and you know I'm a Notre Dame guy, and I love Mike. But he didn't have the year I thought he would last mm-hmm. year. I have to be honest mm-hmm. with you. But um, I still think he's going to do great. I think he's going to do very good things at the next level. I think he'll be in the
1: league a long time.
2: I, I think he'll be in the league a while. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to forgive you for that evaluation now. <laughs> I w- cause
1: that's how much I respect you. you know? I, I, but. I would just say this: Let, let's let's both agree here, though, right? We don't have we don't have special movement traits here, right? He's a four-seven guy. Um, I don't see a lot of dynamic movement after the catch either. I don't see like a lot of agility. I mean, he breaks tackles. He's tough, um, but then you also see him in the trenches. He's a one and done guy. That those are the notes I have. He he makes good initial contact, but he doesn't play sticky. He doesn't get his hips into the hole. So I just think that the perception of here, perception of him, is stronger than what he is on the field. And I will eat. I will eat it if I end up being wrong in a couple of years. No, no, dude. That's okay, let's, let's bring it. That's, what we do. that's why we do this. <laughs> yes, but, sir. You know? yep. Hey, look, I think people are going to be
2: really pleasantly surprised with the Georgie kid. He's a freak. He is. I, I like him. And obviously, you know, the, the next one that comes out of Georgia next year is, is oh is yeah. Oh, he's, he's a top 10 pick. He's insane. Yeah. He's insane. So, all right, Jerry, let's want to finish up with defensive line. Yeah, yeah. Um, something, another position the Giants need. Um, you know, I'm sure they're going to draft one or two in this draft. Let's talk to Dave. Dave, talk about some defensive linemen that you really like.
1: So, so what are we looking at here with the Giants? Do they need another... I mean, Leonard Williams, I don't know what they're going to do. Chris, do you have any info on what they might do with his contract?
2: The only thing I heard that they're thinking about... well, Extending look, him? they are going to have to extend him a year okay. to knock that number down. Because I've right,
1: right now, okay. when I'm talking about the defensive tackle group, I'm saying he's gone next year, right? We're in the final year of his contract. Yeah. I would, ass- Yeah, he's voided next right. year.
2: He's voided. Yeah. So...
1: That, that's a huge deal. I mean, that, that was their defense last year for that really is what got them through with the combination of Dexter and Leonard. And you know, the payday that they're about to give Dexter, he's probably going to yes. demand the highest paid defensive tackle contract in the NFL after seeing what Deron Payne got from Washington. Um yes. They might just not have the mean. This is what, again, we talked about this earlier. You have Andrew Thomas coming up too, that you're going to have to eventually let good players walk. That's what good teams do. And that's part of the process. Um, so let's assume he's gone next year. I hope he's not. I hope they get, they add a year to his deal. Um, what do they need? Do they need someone that's a little bit more physical or do they need another pass rusher? And here's a name I put a tweet out a couple of weeks ago. I think this kid's going to be a first round pick and I think Martindale could make it work. If you want to say what would be the biggest surprise in the draft for potentially for the Giants, it would be drafting the kid from the Northwestern in the first round to offer, to add to their pass rush repertoire, I don't want to get his name wrong, but it's Adabore from Northwestern. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. The kid that has almost carbon copy tool set to Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald, I mean, that's one where, that was the Odell Beckham year. I said Aaron Donald's going to be one of the best players that come out of that draft. That's who I wanted the Giants to draft that year. Um, got flack, mm-hmm. I got flack for it back then too, because I thought Donald should have won over Beckham. And now we're talking about maybe... Mm-hmm arguably the best defensive tackle to ever play the game. I don't think – he's not going to grade that high, but the movement trace this kid has at 285 pounds with better length, a better frame than what Donald had, and better speed, explosion, quickness at 285 pounds, this is the kind of guy that could change a pass rush. And I think this is what the Giants could use, is another interior force, a guy that can A, B, or C gap and and make it happen. So – that's a guy I think could really be a good fit here.
0: Dave, I'm telling you right now, I would not be surprised. I know it's high. I could totally see the Eagles drafting him at 10. I, oh, yeah. I, I just, based on based on what he brings to the table and what yeah. I've seen, again, me cramming for this session here and, yep. and, and the last issue, yep. it's like I could totally see that happening. And then, you know, but, you know, yeah, so you're, you're saying you, you don't know if he's going to go that high. I absolutely, these are the guy. these are the type of guys that rise up, dude. Right. Absolutely. They, they
1: rise up, and this is what the Eagles do. They just keep yep. feeding the trenches and, you yep. know, And I don't want to hear anyone say, "Oh, the Giants have Dexter and Leonard Williams." It's irrelevant who's on the team right now. These guys, the best defenses in the NFL, they rotate their defensive line to a point where they're just playing fifty to sixty percent of the snaps. You know, and we can't see Dexter Lawrence play like those guys were playing ninety percent of the snaps for weeks in a row last year because you know, Dave, you can't do that. You know what,
2: Dave? You know what, Dexter Lawrence wound up with percentage of snaps.
1: You probably know better than me. Was it close? To, was it 80? 82%. Yeah, that's bro. a lot. That's a lot. I mean, Chris Jones from Kansas City. That's insanity. It's insanity. I mean, Chris Jones from Cincinnati, he's 60 to 65%. You know, I mean, Donald yeah. Donald, and Jeffrey Simmons are the only two guys that I think are kind of like the freaks of the freaks that can handle that kind of load. But, you know, I mean, we even seen Simmons break down a little bit, and the kid's still on his rookie contract. Yeah. I mean, I, I think to, to really get the most out of Dexter Lawrence – which I think this team's going to commit to him long term. I mean, I would be surprised if, if he walks. You have to get pieces next to him that when he comes off the field, because you can't demand that many snaps from him, that you're not seeing such a significant drop off. Now, this kid has nothing to do with Dexter Lawrence in terms of skill set, but he will impact the passing game at a similar level.
0: Now, do you, uh, real quick, Chris, before, do you yeah. see, besides Carter and the Northwestern kid, do you have a first round grade on anyone else?
1: I don't. Brian Breesey mm-hmm. is my next, and he's a, he's a round two guy. And there, there's going to be a lot of love-hate with him. Um, okay. So I do think someone's going to take him in the first round because of the, the rare blend of tools. Uh, but I, I hated his tape from last year. And I know he had he's coming off torn ACL, had a lot of um, uh, personal issues in the past season. And I do think that's part of what happened with him. Um, and he looked great at the combine. So I think someone's going to take a chance on him. I can see him going to Pittsburgh and having a long career there, that kind of 3-4 DN tight. Um, Keanu Benton, Kalaja Kansi are two guys that I've seen others talk about in round one. Kansi to me is just, he's in the same mold as the kid from Northwestern. I just think he's a little under, across the board, he's under him, right? He's shorter, lighter, um, doesn't play as skillful, doesn't pursue as well. But he is, he's a pass rusher and he's going to penetrate. So everyone wants a pass rusher. He could go round one as well, but I have a round two grade there.
2: Okay. How about Maji Smith?
1: Just wrote him up. Actually, uh, modified his report a little bit. Um, he is probably the freak of the freaks. You know, he's three hundred and
2: thirty-four yeah, pounds. Freak athlete. That's what I have down here. Freak Yeah, athlete. I think he yeah. might
1: have been number one or two on Bruce Feldman's freak list, which is always a fun read in the summer. Um, and it's <laughs> it's really about you know th- that that report is about weight room and forties and times and all that, which again you have to take a grain of salt, especially um, with defense with linemen in general. But his athleticism and power, it does show up. And he's a guy that a team, every team, I think, is going to have someone in that room that wants to work with him. Um, does he know what he's doing yet? I think he had a half a sack over the course of his entire career. Um, but he, he did get a lot of pressure. He does break through. He does disrupt the offense. And at the end of the day, take the, take the statistics away. That's what you want defensive linemen to do, disrupt the flow of the offense. And he can do that. And I think he's going to last a long time in the league. He's a sturdy, big player. He played an insane amount of snaps at Michigan. Like, I don't know if everyone, I think he was close to 90%, which is unheard of. And that, that kind of that, that rings true. I think that's going to be a big deal in, in rooms. So,
2: Dave, say the Giants, I shouldn't say shock, but say the Giants go defensive line at 25. Marjorie's off the board. Jalen, of course. Uh, who do you like the best?
1: Um, so the kid from Northwestern's off the board, and Jalen Carter's off the board. Who, who do I like best? At yeah,
2: Jalen Carter, Michigan kid. Masri's off the board, and the kid from Northwestern's off the board. Who do you like?
1: Man, that's next it's round. It's a tough call. I, I think
2: you don't like Cancy from Pitt. You don't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't go with him next round. I just don't, You don't think he's a late first round? I don't
1: think there's enough versatility there, and I don't think there's. I think he's going to be a package player, which is fine. Um, and I can see why some teams would want to use a first round, but I just think he's a pure. Free tech. Like, I just think that he's he's going to have one role and one role only. And right. I don't think he's special enough to say, hey, I deserve to be picked in the first round. So I guess it would have to be between Breesy and Benton, uh, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Um, Benton started to show some pass rush repertoire this past year. I like him. And he's got the mm-hmm. NFL body. I think he kind of fits more. With like the, the run defense mindset, like, hey, we need a run plug and you put him and Lawrence next to each other and you're going to be dominant inside or you should be if you have good enough players around him. But Breesy is the kind of pass rusher. He has the pass rush potential that Leonard Williams brings to the table. So if you're going to try to replace that at a fraction of the cost, right, a rookie contract versus the 30 mil that Leonard Williams has coming his way. Breesy probably fills that void the most. So if it to my head on that question, I think it'd be Breesy from Clemson.
2: Yeah. And you know what, Dave, he'll be two years off that ACL, yep. you know, next yep. year, you know, so that ACL will be good. Only in a little, I don't know if he should have stayed another year. I know he's a redshirt sophomore. So yeah. right? maybe he should have stayed, but he came out whatever. Yep. um, Uh, Yes. You know, he had a pretty good combine, right, Dave? If I remember right, Breesy, his stock went up a little bit. He looked great.
1: He ran great. He looked great in positional drills. You know, he doesn't have, he doesn't have your classic defensive tackle body type. Like he's a little kind of little leggy. He's not as thick. I still still think he needs a little bit more time in the weight room, but he has the frame for it. And you know that he spent a year rehabbing an ACL. And then he also dealt with a really significant personal issue that Probably took some wind okay. out of his sail uh, when it comes to training. Okay. Yep.
0: Okay. All right, Dave, I know you like mock drafts so much. Yes, uh, I do. <laughs> what's your prediction for the Giants round one? Just give, give the people what they want. I know everybody loves mock drafts, so it yep. is
1: what it is. No, I mean, I think it's going to be one of the receivers. I think it's going to be Zay Flowers or uh, Jackson Smith, if he's there. If neither one of those guys are there, I think it's going to be a defensive back. Um, okay. no, it, one of the, one of the nickel safeties, uh, Brian branch or George Martin from Illinois. And then one of the corners that falls, if it ends up being Joey Porter jr. Or, uh, Kaylee Ringo, I think it's going to be one of those two positions. And those are the names I think we're going to see there. Cool. Awesome. So wide receiver or corner wide receiver or corner. We yeah. It's
2: to going with that, with that 25, David, you think, the, you think Joe gets aggressive, tries to move up in his draft? I think he I think he might. It's
1: good. It's funny. I I got so used to finding Dave Gettleman and Jerry Reese like predictable. Like I went into the draft every year saying I kind of knew what they were going to do. Right. Especially early in the draft or even from a macro level, like in this draft, they're going to get this right. Or even this profile of player. I don't have a feel for him yet. And that's a good thing. Um, I believe him. And when he says this, that I think it's on the table. I think if they have a high enough grade on someone, I think they will be aggressive and pull the trigger. If there's a receiver or corner that they have a high grade on and they can give up a first and second or first and third to move up and get him, uh, I, I believe they will be aggressive enough to do it. They have a lot of picks late in the draft too. So if they're just looking for sheer yeah. volume, I know they're late. I think they have yeah, they ten,
0: th- 10 picks, 10 picks overall. I think they got three and seven yep. and I think two in the fifth round.
1: And I'll tell you what, I mean, I trust these guys with draft picks, you know. I, oh, I yeah. So if yeah. you just give them a, a lot of swings in the batter's box, I think they're, they will connect. They will get value out of each one of those picks more often yeah. than not. So if they have to lose a second or a third to make an aggressive move up, I wouldn't be as worried as I would – from a, a Dave Gettleman approach, where they just never really got consistent with some of their late round picks. So that that if they if you just give them a lot of picks, I think they're going to make it work. And I also think he's really skilled at moving back and and um in in round two or round three to pick up some extra day three picks or future picks. So I think Shane and his staff are very savvy, smart, intelligent, ahead of the curve. And it's been a while since we could say that with the front office. So no matter what they end up doing, trade up, trade down, stay put. It's going to be. Uh, I'm going to feel confident. It's the right decision.
2: Well, it's interesting, Dave, because two of the later round picks last year, McKethan and your guy that you talked about, Beavers. Yep. Um, Beavers was really coming on before the injury, and they really liked McKethan yeah. too before his injury. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you you just talk about you know you trust the, their evaluations with these fifth round picks, fourth round picks, seventh round, sixth round picks. There's two guys right there. They took fifth round and later. And they liked them both. They just, you know, yeah. suffered the injuries that
1: obviously, you know, ended their season yeah. quick, you know. Yes, so. I mean, those guys are getting like added to the said, roster this year, you know. So it's going yeah. to be a competitive camp, more, more, much more than last Should year. Be. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of good yeah. players vying for just a couple spots. And that's how you make a team better. It takes a while. You know, I think that's something everyone needs to know. Um, to really turn around a ship, it, it takes a long... It could take three, four, five drafts. But I think if you just keep on... Getting to that batter's box and hitting a double, hitting a triple every now and then, hit a home run. That's how you make that team a sustainable winner. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think they're on the path to doing that. Dave, yes,
1: sir. You know I agree. So. Well,
2: hey, Dave, listen, Dave. Yeah. It's great stuff, man. Uh, Jerry, anything else?
0: No, um, Dave. The highlight for me was you mentioned the name Darius Rush because that was someone I saw and I was like, "Why is this guy not higher?" So, for you know, in all seriousness, man, you, you've been really generous with your time. Uh, I want to thank you personally for the last few years writing into the Insider um you know dave's column guys if you don't subscribe and you really should dave dave provides every week matchups to look for matchups for giant fans to look for every week and he 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 points out you know maybe a corner versus a a wide receiver in this game and then you know a a center versus a defensive tackle in another game so dave's been writing for the insider for a few years and now like i said dude um the the draft coverage was awesome i just want to thank you for everything thanks for this um and we we love your analysis here man Um, job.
1: thank you guys for the opportunity it means a lot to me that you guys are having me on and kind of you guys have helped me a lot over the years too it's not just me sending out the help so i appreciate you guys uh, a lot as well
2: no david it was a pleasure um nobody's gonna be bored listening to more than an hour of this podcast (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure if we went two and a half hours right Jeremy? people would be like this is great stuff yeah dave before we leave um when i when i see a training kit this year you want me to you want me to hold any beat reported down so you can beat the shadow? Anybody, you know, uh, you what, what, Do you want me what, to hold like Pat Lennon while you palm him or something like that? What, you know? No. We'll, we'll, we'll talk off camera about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm awesome. only kidding. This is a joke. Yeah. So,
1: D-
0: Dave, Dave's, in, stuff, Dave's into the CrossFit stuff too, man.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. We uh, we, we had a big yeah. year. For anyone that does CrossFit out there, we, we hosted the live worldwide 23.2 announcement. And uh, I know that's in one ear, out the ear out the other for most, but it, we, uh, we've had a big year at, at CrossFit Bison. So it's going to try to keep both ships going in the right direction.
0: I was going to say, plug up, plug whatever else you want, dude. Tell people where
1: they can find you. I mean, I mean, I'll be pretty active draft weekend. Um, our lads underscore Sy on Twitter. Um, I, I, try to do as much analysis as I can. Um, a couple other things, like I said, they get in the way, whether it be work, personal life, but, um, you know, le- now that I'm done with our, I just sent in all of my team reports and scouting reports Um, to the printer literally yesterday last night so i will have a little bit more time to just kind of share some things on twitter that i picked up over the past few months that you know are just kind of some interesting nuggets about some of these guys coming up and some of them are giants related some of them are not Uh, but i'll do my best to stay as active as i can on twitter between now and the draft
0: And, and real quick um i know big blue interactive will chime in the yeah. guys on Big Blue Interactive. And they'll say things like, thank God Dave was on, I hate Jerry Foley, whatever. I'm expecting to read it, so it uh, is what it is. Well, I'll so. say this. I, I th- know those guys love you over there. Any so.
1: any, any of the Big Blue Interactive guys, um, you can take my word for it. Jerry and Chris are, are top-notch guys. They know their stuff. They know the job. No, it's, it's a great community over there. Eric's done a lot for me over there. Um, I put out a lot of content for the draft starting in April for them. Uh, I'm more than happy to do it. And you know, I, I, just like to talk ball. I don't really try to get into any of yeah. the personal stuff. That's, that's just, is what it is. And Hey, I'm, I'm right. sometimes I'm wrong sometimes. And so are you. So that's the end of that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> awesome.
0: All right. That was Dave Sovretson. Uh, like Chris said that could have gone, uh, two, three hours and, uh, it was riveting. I, I love listening to that dude talk and dude, Chris, I mean the work you've done on, on looking at the film, it's, it's awesome. I love it. it it's what a great draft conversation. Um, I had a great time. So,
2: Yeah, yeah. Look, there's nothing else going on this time of year. So, uh, you know, um, look, I look at positions that Giants obviously are going to go after in the draft, you know, uh, to address some needs. And I like doing that. Uh, I like, you know, I like writing a ton of my notes, looking at these guys and, you know, going to a guy who does it all year and comparing it. It's fun. It's good stuff. Uh, Dave's always a good, you know. Well, one great thing about David, he doesn't come on and try to act like he knows it all, you right. know, and all that stuff. Yeah, he just yeah. gives his opinion, just yeah. like I do, you know. Um, I'll never forgive him for the Michael Mayer evaluation, probably, but um, you know, but not at all. It's <laughs> I like, was surprised to see it. Fun. I was like, oh wow,
0: he has a fourth. Look at this.
2: Look, I'm very biased as Notre Dame, but I I got to be honest with you, dude. I can see what he's saying a little bit. I, yeah. I, I wasn't crazy with Mike G last year at certain yeah. things. I really wasn't um so anyway uh the giants won't be going tight end at 25 but we don't have to worry about that um but yeah no good stuff um it's always good i know we went past the hour but i think people will not mind it right because listening to all these drafts everybody's fascinated with the draft that's coming up and and it was good stuff
0: yeah it was awesome great time man nice job all right, guys, to order a subscription to The Giant Insider, which we just printed last night, go to www.thegiantinsider.com and go to Magster for a digital subscription. That's M A G C T E R. All right, guys, Sundays are giant days. Take care, everybody. Bye bye, everybody.